Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase, our desires to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today on the podcast, we have Marshall and Susanna. Thanks so much for being on. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. How are you, Lucas? I am doing well, uh, doing very well. So uh, tell us a little bit about each of you guys and whatever quirky, fun things you want to tell us about yourselves and about your guys' family. Sure. Well, um, so Suzanne and I, we, uh, we actually were both from Colorado and we met in, uh, West Texas up in, uh, at Texas tech, go okay. Raiders, red Raiders. And, um, we, uh, we finished up school and we had an opportunity to come to Austin about eight years ago and, um, just feel very fortunate to have plugged into Austin Oaks church about the time that we had our first son Hudson, uh, who is now almost Eight years old. Help me out with eight, that. Man. Accurate, good. Okay, it's long eight years. And then uh, since that time, we've also had uh, two additional children, Genevieve and Grant. And uh, so we're uh, we have our hands full with the three, but um, just thankful to be a part of a, a church community that values families and, yeah. and community. Yeah. And so, did you guys despise when Texas came to Colorado? Because I heard that's a thing. Like if you're from Colorado, like my brother-in-law and family live out there and it's like stinking Texas coming to town for spring break. And then like the locals are like, we're bouncing to go camp somewhere. Is that, is that really a thing? I, I think I saw it at the, you know, I went to university of Colorado for undergrad and we got a lot of Texans and they'd be like, Oh, so it snows all school year. And I was like, accurate. And then they would leave their Ugg boots and be like, I'm going to school in Texas. So I, at the end of every school year, I would just collect Texans, former school snow gear that's and awesome. just keep it for myself that's, that like, sounds expensive you know? man yeah. like gosh so they would always go you know all the texans would go vacation there and then they would go to school there and like oh this this doesn't stop at <laughs> christmas um but no i i was born actually in texas okay and then my parents moved up to colorado when i was fairly young and then um came back to texas for law school and that's where and that's where we met yeah okay very cool how long have you guys been married we will be married 10 years in August. Okay, 10 years. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. big year. Mm-hmm. We just hit 11. Oh, congrats. That's I think, awesome. I think. No, it starts getting blurry. <laughs> it May, really does. May 29th of 2010. Is yep. it 20, so 11 years. Okay, 11 there we go. I've got it. Sorry. There it is. I had to really think about that. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so, well, cool. And uh, how, what areas do you guys serve in at Austin Oak? So, if people are hearing your names and they're like, oh, Marshall, you're the one on the podcast, and then they can, then you can say, yeah, then they can bombard you with all their questions. So, they, sure. can, they can look for the areas <laughs> that you're serving um, in uh, and around Austin Oaks. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Suzanne and I actually both. Uh, serve in the welcome uh, area, so we'll we'll be up front, and you'll probably see recognize Susanna more. She's the more outgoing one and the friendly one. Uh, but uh, I also serve in the um, in the kids ministry, doing the uh, the large group for the kindergarten through okay. second grade. Okay, and then Susanna also did the the nursery for a while. For a little bit. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Holding the babies. Are you guys done having kids? I love asking this question. Do you want like six more? It, it's pretty final, I'd say. <laughs> okay, um, okay. You're, you're, okay, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry. We're there. Okay, yeah. all right. I just. I'm one of five kids and Marshall's an only, so three is like the perfect. Oh. It's a good oh. mix, yeah. yeah. It was right just, in the just you? Just me. Okay, did you have, did you have it pretty easy, you know? So Were you spoiled? There are, there are definitely different tracks for the only child. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people say, 
oh, Marshall, you don't, you're not your my typical only child that yeah. I met. And so I, I take that as a compliment because yeah. typically <laughs> it's not a very positive thing. Like you're yeah. such an only child. Yeah. Um, so I think my parents did a pretty decent job yeah. of not kind of catering to every particular need or want that I had. For sure. Uh, which I think helped. But, you know, there's some things that I think growing up that I said, I'd really like, if I'm blessed to have children, I'd like them to have siblings. Because yeah. particularly seeing Susanna's family, and I, I love seeing now as they're adults, seeing those siblings get together. It's yeah. a lot of fun. And then, of course, they've got their own kids. And so we've got cousins. And oh, it's just man. a very exciting time. So I'm thankful that our kids will at least have that opportunity to to have each other, but then also a bigger family. Uh, yeah. I love to see the families get together. So that's yeah. fun. Susanna, was it like enjoyable having, you know, four other siblings? Oh, I loved it. Okay. I loved, I'm the middle, which okay. surprises approximately no one. Um, <laughs> they know me. Um, I love it. Yeah. And I have two sisters on both sides of me and then brothers on the, on the, the far end. Okay. And, um, yeah, I've, I've always loved being part of a big yeah. family. It's yeah. always like somebody to hang out with and, um, me and my sisters were all in high school together. Like we, we went through all the phases together and yeah. they're still really close. So did you feel like a lot of your friends were your older sister's friends? So like it was more like by association versus your own friends kind of, cause I've heard that with like a middle child <clears throat> that that's, that's the case often, you know, cause you have to kind of, you're like drug along with your older sibling. Yeah. We were all so close in age that we did have a lot of like group friends yeah. growing up. And still do to this day that we, you know, have similar friends still. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Okay. I read a book one time. It talked about all this and I was, <laughs> anyway. Um, so the <clears throat> topic for, for discussion today we want to talk about is like prioritizing your marriage relationship when raising kids and teenagers. Like, so, um, and a majority of the folks that listen to podcasts, you know, they have anywhere from newborns all the way through, I mean, some have, you know, adult children or whatever, all that kind of stuff. So, so we want to just kind of talk about how to prioritize your marriage, um, when raising kids. And so, um, so first off is like, how do you prioritize your marriage in the midst of raising kids? And, and, and I'm not, you know, just I try to make this disclaimer. I'm not asking you guys to speak for all parents for all ages and all that, but just from your guys' experience and what the Lord's done in your guys' life. And so kind of, how do you guys do this where you prioritize your marriage over, you know, your kids? Yeah. And, and I'll start by saying that we've been very fortunate at a couple different stops along our marriage uh, early before kids. And then also since we've had kids to have mentors uh, who have come beside us and, and encouraged us yeah. to prioritize our marriage. So, you know, we know what, what the Bible says about leaving and cleaving and like the two become one. And so yeah. we understand that God values marriage and mm -hmm. says it's important and arguably the most important relationship that we have on this earth. Yeah. And so, you know, in our head, we know it, but then to hear people who have lived life and having kids and raising kids and understanding the challenges that come with raising children, but also trying to have a strong marriage, yeah. I think that kind of helped us to kind of see it play out in real life. Um, so, you know, for us, it's, I mean, it, it, it takes time and it takes a commitment to invest in that marriage relationship. Yeah. And, and we certainly are not in a, we're still very early. So our yeah. kids are just now getting into all the activities in life. We've got baseball and soccer and all these different things that we have going on. Yeah. And uh, so we're just kind of scratching the surface. And so, you know, I, I recognize there are a lot of families out there who have been doing this for about 10, 12, 15 years. Yeah. 
uh, who, who may certainly would have better perspective on it. But what we some things that we try to do on a practical level, um, you know, we try to always make sure that we carve out time, whether it's a, a you know a date night, it could be out or even better at times. We put the kids down for bed and then we've yeah. got about an hour or two hours at night where we sit on the front porch and just talk yeah. or getting together and doing someone, one of our mentor couples told us about having what they called a business meeting, a weekly, monthly, maybe yeah. even an annual kind of planning for the, for the upcoming period and just taking time. Cause we've noticed that, you know, when, when we have struggles, it's often from a communication breakdown of, I thought you were going to go do this or yeah. what do you mean you have this event? And you know, that that's where a lot of our problems come in. And of course, when our, when the marriage isn't going well, that trickles down and the kids see it, 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 it creates a, a barrier for our kids' relationships as well. So having that marriage, you can see it's almost an immediate sort of impact when things are going well. Other things typically go well in the house yeah. when the marriage relationship is going well. So, Oh yeah. And so do you guys have like date nights? Is that a, like a weekly thing? And I love how, I mean, it doesn't always have to cost money kind of thing, right. you know? And so is that a weekly thing? Like every the week? Like what does that look like for your guys' rhythm? Um, what I would say is we, we, on our business meeting, we plan at least one night of the week that I like okay. make my kids not nap. And then I put them down to bed early and yeah. we really like carve out intentional time. Yeah. Um, and, and like, yeah, usually go on the front porch. Um, so at least, and then, and then we also like to go out at you know, when, when possible, get a babysitter and go out. It changed a little with COVID for sure. And it made mm -hmm. it harder, but now we're trying to reincorporate that pattern again of just spending time together. Um, but yeah, we, we put it into our calendar, so yeah. we'll, we'll put it on our, we have a written calendar that we put it on. Yeah. I used to think that families that did this were like, I'm like, man, like, oh, are you so, you're that busy. You got to, you know, put on the mm -hmm. schedule. And then I'm like, yeah, well, it's, it's my schedule. It's my wife's Maverick Paisley. Mm -hmm. Now Thatcher's mm -hmm. coming. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, now I'm like, mm -hmm. I get it a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not, there's just, there's things yes. that if you don't, yes. and if they're not scheduled, they don't get done. So I understand right. that my ignorance is become less ignorant in this, in this realm. So, um, now when it comes to like, I'm assuming it's always at night, right? When you guys have your business meeting or the date night thing, like, I don't think I've ever had a couple ever say like, yeah, it's at four 30 in the morning, which is when I like to get up, but my spouse does not. <laughs> and I don't even get up that, that early as much as I, yeah. I would like to say it's every day, but it's not. So, right. so I'm assuming it's mostly in the evenings cause the kids are at bed mm -hmm. and you guys, you know, undistracted time and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, I'd say that's right. Most of the time it's in the evenings. Um, we also will try to carve out some weekend time too. And, you know, we're still, we have the benefit of having children who still need, well, they need it. They don't always want it. Nap times. Yeah. Um, and certainly the other thing that we do is for the, our oldest uh, children, you know, they may not need a nap time, but that we want them to have quiet time. And yeah. that's as much for them as it is for us. For sure. Just to have some time where we can you know, get done together or separately the things that need to be done around the house or, or out. And so, um, so it, you know, we, we try to take advantage of some of the weekend times as well. And I'll tell you with the post COVID coming back to church, you know, with the children ministry, uh, going at 11 AM, we used to be the early goers at the yeah. 9 AM. Um, but now we we tend to use that, some of that morning time that we have at home before church, to sit down and, and talk about things that, uh, about the coming week. So, yeah. um, just kind of finding it wherever you can get it, but, but you're right. Most of the time it's, it happens to be in the evening, but, but there are some on occasion, we'll get some weekend time during the day as well. Yeah. 
What has been the most difficult thing about keeping your marriage, you know, as the center of your family versus like your kids? Like what's been the most difficult thing about that for you guys? I think maybe just a little bit of our schedule. Marshall and I have always like really enjoyed being around each other. So um, we like to spend, really like to spend time together. But I think once, as they've gotten older, we're, we you know, I work part-time, Marshall works full-time, and then the kids have schools and activities. So yeah. so being able for us, I know it sounds so you know logistical, but just being able to carve time. And then, um, yeah, I think the schedules is probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd say even even a great plan, even if we have a great planning session, mm-hmm. you get to the middle of the week and it's like, well, we busted all these plans. And, yeah. and of course, the hard thing is is staying committed to those times that we say, this is our date night. And of course, something will come up with work or the kids get an invite to a party or we get an invite is to go hang out with another couple and it's tempting to, to shift. And that's kind of one of the things. And I think because of the familiarity in the home and with each other, sadly, that's often the relationship that gets burned the most because it's just easy because I'm not, you know, I can always, we can make it up later or I, you know. I'm more worried about offending other people than my own spouse. And that's a, I think that's a real thing. And and so I think that's a, that's probably one of the tough things is staying committed to not only the planning, but then the execution. I know we talk about with the, in the kids church commitment is, is having a plan and sticking to it. And that's certainly, you know, applicable here with uh, the marriage and being intentional about time together. Yeah, for sure. What what have you guys done to make sure that you like focus on each other? Like what specific intentional things, if that's quality of time or, uh, you know, if, if one of you need a certain thing throughout the week, like that, you know, that serves each other. So how, how do you guys serve each other and to focus on each other throughout the week in whatever area that that may look like for you guys? Um, I know for, for, um, me, Marshall's just very servant hearted. So I think he does a, a lot as a family, you know, to help our, around with the kids and like, he, yeah. So I think, I think serving each other has, has been a way that we've been able to stay connected when things feel really frantic is trying to look for ways that we can serve each other. Um, and that almost frees up time together. If we like, Hey, if Marshall's putting the kids to bed, I can, um, get something ready that I needed to get ready. And then we have yeah. more time together. So sometimes serving each other also provides more opportunity to be together mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and I think um, as part of that is, I know Susanna's mostly with the kids. She's got the kids. Yeah. She's working from home. She's got the kids at home, particularly now we've entered the summer months. And now she's also driving them to VBS or camps or other yeah. other things. Um, so she's just like running and going and going. And I go to my office and I work there for however many hours and then I come home. So yeah. my my job, it's busy, but it's not... Uh, as active and it doesn't demand my time as much in terms of going here, going there. And so I think one of the things that I like to do and and I think Susanna appreciates and she can, she's here so she can (laughs) deny it or say, say something different if she wants um, is, you know, she, she does like to have some time to get out and that could be going out with, with some uh, ladies to go out to dinner or even on a weekend, just, you know, I just kind of want to go and, go to DSW or go to Kohl's or go to the outlets or just, I just want to walk and just yeah. kind of be free for a little bit of time. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, in terms of uh, serving one another in that way, I think it's an opportunity that I enjoy 
to uh, to give her that gift of of time, a free time. And you know, for me, it's it's not bad because I'm kind of more of the homebody introvert anyway. So, so I've kind of it's kind of like people in COVID. Uh, you know, they kind of you're kind of a whole holy opportunity to be holy by staying home. Yeah. If, if that's your bent is. And that's kind of for me as well. So, um, um, but I, but I enjoy giving her that, that time, um, w- when I'm able. Yeah, no, that's good. Is there specific things like, like phrases that like you guys specifically say, like one that my father, father-in-law and I talk about a little bit, like one thing that he uses is like, he, he doesn't, you know, say, Hey, like, don't talk to your mom that way. Mm-hmm. You know, the phrase he would say is like, you don't talk to my wife that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in, in reality, it's like, it's you kids mm-hmm. versus us. <laughs> like, I'm not over there with you. Mom's not over there with you. It's like, we're over here. We, we're the authority here. Yeah. And and you're over there. Like, it's because if the marriage is what matters. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we've all seen where children will, you know, uh, like, ask the mom and then go ask the dad, you know, and all the things. And, mm-hmm. and the mom sometimes says yes. And dad sometimes says no. And then, you know, one's Matthew, you know, the whole, we're all very, I think familiar with that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. so like, is there any specific phrases or things that you guys are intentional with when it comes to communicating with each other or towards your kids? Cause I mean, I'm a person who's very, like, I'm terrible with words. Like I have to think so, and I'm very, very good about just saying stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh, that's really good. And my wife's like, you just said, and, and I'm like, well, what did you hear that I said? And so I'm like, no, I didn't say that. But in my mind, I <laughs> thought that was communicated, yet it did, didn't leave my mind, through my mouth. Right. And now I'm, you know, in trouble, you know, and just that's kind of how it, life is for me. But right. so what, what intentional things or phrases are there that you guys use mm-hmm. um, in, in you, to make sure that, you know, that your kids know that, like, we're a marriage-centered family? Uh, and, and when we say that, obviously you know, honoring the Lord with our lives. Um, but just the marriage is much more important than, um, than the kids, not that the kids aren't, but it, um, they're leaving one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great question. I really like that. Um, I think one thing that we try to do is always like back each other. If like, you know, sometimes we're not like somebody will enforce something and the other parent isn't there. And, Usually kids will tell you like, well, daddy said I couldn't do that. And so like just being yeah. able to be like, no, I'm going to be on his team. So like that, whatever he said, I agree, you yeah. know, so backing each other has been helpful just to, to come as a united front. Yeah. And, um, our kids, I think communicating to them how much we value each other. Like we value our time and saying, you know, this is, you know, we're out in the front porch and it's like mommy and daddy time and we're, we're going to, we're going to chat and you guys can come out when you know after your quiet time's done but this is our time yeah and just being able to communicate like this isn't your time this is right now this is our time to yeah. connect yeah i would say that more than any particular phrase or um um you know common you know language that we use around the house i think it's it's a it's what we try to show our, our kids and recognizing that it kind of all comes back to to the point you just made about what's our job as a parent it's to get these kids ready for life, but, you know, most importantly to introduce them to Jesus, yeah. obviously, but, yeah. um, but, but getting them ready, I mean, cause we want them to go and have a, a life that's, you know, full of, you know, uh, the joy of Jesus and the peace and, and also to flourish. And yeah. part of that is setting an example for them of, of what a marriage looks like, what a, a family looks like. And so I think um, to Susanna's point is, um, you know, some of the things that we, we try to make it clear that, you know, we love them 
and we'd be, we're encouraging to them, but, um, but we, we do, um, you know, value more than anything in terms of the relationships in the home, um, the time that we get to spend together. And, um, you know, I know oftentimes as our kids are at an age where they want to interrupt us, daddy, mommy, you know, oh, even though yeah. when you're like in the middle of a conversation, it's like, can't you see we're talking like, don't you see that? Yeah. Right. And, um, and we actually had a friend that, that told us a good, um, good strategy for that is teaching your kids that if they have something to say, cause we used to say, well, just say, excuse me, excuse me. But that just adds more. <laughs> They'll say it for 15 yeah, right, minutes. Exactly. I mean, that they will, they will exactly. go at it, you know? <laughs> so what they've told us is to just, if you have something to say and you see that mommy or daddy is engaged in any adult conversation yeah, <laughs> is just come up and put your arm right on my arm or yeah. your hand on my arm. Yeah. And I'll put my hand on your hand. So I'll acknowledge that you're there. Yeah. I hear you. I, I feel you. Yeah, that's good. But you need to wait until we're finished. Mm-hmm. And then I will invite you into the conversation and you can say what you need to say, which is typically not that important <laughs> anyway, but, or it's forgotten by the time all that oh, comes yeah. around. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, but I think those are the, the little things that kind of show kind of the order of things in the home. Yeah. Um, and, and then Suzanne also mentioned the idea of, teaching authority. And that's a big thing that we try to instill in our kids is the respect um, and acknowledgement and respect of authority yeah. and understanding that the world doesn't revolve around them and their wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we really try, although don't always, always succeed at that, sure. but, but that's, that's something that we try to do. The last thing I'll say, I feel like I'm just kind of talking. I no, you're doing great. In front of me. This is great. <laughs> um, but uh, to a point you made, Lucas, that I really liked was there's a there's a minister that I used to listen to, Adrian Rogers, and he used to always he talked about that was you know with when the child when one of his children disrespected um, his his wife, that's exactly the language he would use is like yeah. she's not just your mother. More importantly, she's my wife. Yeah, and no one talks to my wife like that. Mm-hmm. Not you, and not anybody else. And yeah. so, just understanding and like stressing that the value there, like that you're placing. This is the most. This is my best friend. This is the yeah. person that I have chosen, and she's chosen me. And we want that to to be, um, you know, just highlighted for our kids and the importance of that relationship. Yeah, no, that's good for. Uh, Melissa started it for us, but when the kids want something, they come up and tap us on the shoulder. And when they, when they forget, I will blatantly ignore those mugs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, if I'm talking to you, Marshall, I'm like, I'm not. That'd and then right. I'll, I'll take my pointer finger, like, like, and, you know, yeah. put it off to the side and be like, homie, you, you be quiet. Like yeah. you, right. you have no authority here. You need to, you know, and, and right. obviously a little softer than that, but just, right. I'm, oh, it bothers me. Cause even I see that with adults too, like. You know, especially in church world and, is it, and you know, we love people and we're, you know, but especially on Sunday mornings, there'll be times where, and I'm a pastor, so, you know, people want to talk or whatever. And, but I will blatantly ignore a dude. I'm like, if I'm, you know, I'm like, you're just going to have to wait. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want the person in front of me to feel like they're not valuable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I'm like looking at them that, you know, and it just, I just, oh, that bothers me. So anyway, even, <laughs> even adults seem to, right. <laughs> sometimes I need to see you to put my finger out and be like, well, one second. Oh yeah. I'm going to get, I see you just anyway. So, um, and you mentioned this a little bit, but like, like what pulls or like, or like cultural things that pull on your family to distract from being a, a marriage centered family to, to being a child centered family. Like if that's, you know, just, 
education stuff or what tendencies could that can di- distract that in your guys's lives um you know I'm, I'm pretty biased you know so for us we're not really in the phase yet where they're doing many activities i mean pays done some horse riding lessons and played soccer at the y one time and like I think she looked at the ball one time. It was actually, yes, I was that. like, this was well worth the money for, for me just to watch. I was like, this is awesome. Like my kid's doing terrible and this is amazing. And anyway, but just like what pulls, you know, cause for us, it's again, just being by like, I've, I've see the, you know, the culture with parents and obviously from an outside perspective and, and I see students and, and their busyness. And so for, you know, I'm pretty biased and like, we're not going to do that as a family. And, I don't really know how all that's going to go down because we're not there yet. But just what what things are can pull and cause distraction and tension with your guys's family when it comes to going from all right, look, we're keeping our marriage centered on each other, obviously the Lord, but but a marriage centered family, and then what causes fractures in that in times. Um, that's such a that's such a good question. I I think it's just a mix of things. I think it's celebrated to be really kid centric in your oh, life. Man. And so I think it's like, it's kind of culturally appropriate to be kid centric. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then it's, you know, Marshall's fairly low maintenance. And so I feel like, you know, children are just not as low maintenance as spouses sometimes. And so yeah. sometimes it's easier to go with the pull of what is immediately in front of you. Like, Hey, taking care of this and this and this. Yeah. Um, and, so that's that's definitely I think the biggest polls I can think of. Yeah, yeah, I, I can think of maybe two more to add to that. And uh, the first one is, <clears throat> you know, the other polls in life like career and other yeah. things that personally pull away from that same thing, which can have an equally damaging yeah. effect. Um, but but when they're compounded, and I'll give you an example of where it's compounded, and I've seen it compounded is, you know, at work. Maybe you're knocking it out of the park. You have a great week. People are saying, hey, great job, giving a lot of attaboys and slapping on the back. And yep. you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And then you come home and you come in and the kids are complaining about this or that. And, you know, <laughs> Susanna's stressed because she's been dealing with this all day. Yeah. And, and so I'm jumping in and, and the kids, again, have no appreciation for what we're doing. And and I think, why am I why am I here? Like I can get all the affirmation I need at work. And so you get into a bad habit where you associate home with problems and challenges that in no respect. And so I say, well, I get respect at work. And so unfortunately, Susanna kind of feels maybe would feel in those times she gets lumped in with, with that situation with the kids being, you know, no appreciation. And so Susanna does a wonderful job of, you know, one of the things that she does great, and I probably should mention this at the beginning is, you know, when I come home from work, the first thing that she does is she greets me with love. She greets me with a kiss. She greets me with a welcome home. And I tell you that can flip whatever sort of bad day I've had at the office or even the chaos that, that I'm encountering at the house, that in and of itself can like really soften (laughs) the blow of that coming through that door and just kind of, and it's like, hey, we're in this together. And there's nothing quite as, um, I don't know, disarming or, you know, uh, peace, you know, life-giving yeah. than just having a simple thing like that. For and sure. so that is, is a way to counter maybe what I just described of, of some of those challenges of work versus home. Um, and then the other thing that comes to mind, this is mostly my own I- issue, is... Um, 
you know, I think about all the things that I want my kids to do and I want them, and and we all do this as a parent. We want the best for our kids. We want them to be great at everything and to be great at anything. You have to spend time and you have to go do it. And so I want them to have all the life experiences. I want them to have music and I want them to have sports and I want them to be well-rounded academically and I want them to read well and all these things. And, And that takes time. And, you know, it's, you only have so much time to give to that. And so it's kind of this, this balance of, am I, what am I projecting on my kids? What do I want for them? Yeah. That kind of gets in the way of what does God want for them? And, and he's most concerned about their hearts, which is what I should be most concerned about. But oftentimes I get more concerned about the outcomes and what are some measurable things that I can show off to everybody else? Look at my great kids. They scored a goal. They can read a book or they can do all these different things. And yeah. so I get focused on the outcomes as opposed to those moments of, you know, uh, trying to, trying to cultivate their hearts, you know, to love other people, to love God, love other people. Um, so th- those are some of the challenges that I, I personally encounter. No, that's good. I, there's a lot that I want my kids to do and it, um, yeah, it's, it's a pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even able to do most of those things yet. Not even, we're not even there yet. So, so what would you say, like, you know, being, having a family that's honoring the Lord's gospel centered, um, you know, that's marriage centered, what, what's at stake? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of things that we could say, I think scripture speaks a lot to this, um, but like for you guys and just kind of where you're at and what the Lord's doing, you guys like, like what, what do you feel is at stake if you get this wrong mm. and not that not, and, and I don't mean perfect. I mean, you're, you're, you've made mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. I don't mean perfection, but, but generally speaking, if, if you don't ever take the time to, to have a marriage centered family that honors the Lord, like what's at stake here? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it, it's easy to think of things, but like, I think it's helpful for, for people to hear like, no, like this, there's legitimate, like eternal things, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and not just the practical things. Like if your kid can't do the laundry when they, by the time they're married, like life's going to go on, you know, Mm -hmm. like it will, like if they can't cook a perfect steak, it's going to be okay. (laughs) You know, and sure that could be a bummer, but you know, life will go on, but there's some things that could be a complete miss. And so, so what's at stake here? That's such a great question. Um, so my parents were, um, my dad's a pastor, my mom's a nurse, and I feel like one thing they did so well as a kid is they just really did value, they were very marriage-centered, and they're still to this day each other's like absolute best friends. So if you, you know, I remember they came to visit us recently, and they spent one of their days here just by themselves in Fredericksburg. Like they they loved to be together, and that was such a model for me and my siblings that I think that not only did that, first of all, lead us to Jesus because they loved Jesus and brought us along, but also it led us to our spouses that also, I think, you know, I would say for all my spouse, my siblings, they pick spouses that they really enjoy yeah, and that are on the same, that love Jesus and want to serve him. And so I think what's at stake when I think about it with the kids is, you know, ultimately I want them to know Jesus and follow Jesus. And I, yeah. I also want them to see that like marriage gives this beautiful depiction of Christ in the church. And we have the opportunity to like, you know, enjoy each other for a very, very, very long time. And, um, I want them to see how much joy there is in marriage because there is. And, and I've seen that firsthand. And I think we really, Marshall and I've always really enjoyed being together. And so com- even communicating that to our children, like we really 
like each other. When we say we're going on a date, we're like, because we want to spend time together. Yeah. Um, and I saw that beautifully depicted from my parents. And then, you know, I want to continue that for our own children. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. And I, and I do think it's, you know, it, it, the, the, um, the potential fallout, negative fallout, um, you know, I know there's been studies done and, um, you know, about this, what they there's called like a U-shaped curve when it comes to the marriage relationship and recognizing, again, the, the, the objective of getting these kids raised and out of the house to be functioning adults and, you know, as for Christians, they love Jesus. But you start off and you start off on a high, you get married and everyone's happy and you're still happy and you're going along and then you have your first child and, and you're so happy, but your focus starts to go away from the other person and begins to shift to mm-hmm. the child and to the activities of life. And you go down this curve and your relationship kind of, you become disconnected and then you get to the bottom and that's when all the kids leave. So you put, put all your energy into this and then you look at your spouse and, and we're not at that stage, but, but we've know, we know couples that you know, I've gotten, and we've heard stories um, of yeah. couples that they get to that stage where it's like, I don't even know this person anymore because I've been so disconnected from them and focused on all of these other things. And so then it's then it's either a really steep climb back up to where you yeah, were pre-kids work. or the alternative, which, yeah. you know, is, is not good uh, either. And so, um, but I think about the example, and Susanna mentioned it, and her parents really are a phenomenal example. I don't think I've ever seen um, a, a parent, you know, of that age, you know, who just love to be with one another. And yeah. that's what I've seen the entire time I've known them. And um, and it really is, uh, what a legacy yeah. to leave for the kids. And, and then you do think about... Um, you know, if if there's a is a if there's a problem or a mo- if marriage isn't modeled well, that that tends to show up later with the kids when they're so looking for a spouse and they get married, and they begin to say, "Well, this is how we did it." And of course, you know, we're supposed to be to become one flesh, and so yeah. you're a new family unit, and so it shouldn't matter what you did, what your parents did, but it does. Yeah, you bring that in. Yeah, and so to to give that it's like a gift to our children to say, you know, we didn't do it perfect, but we really tried to do it the way that God designed it and um, and to love one another and show that love and the enjoyment of one another. I mean, that's that's a big thing. I mean, it, Susanna's right. I mean, I, I, you know, just the thought of being able to do the types of things that her parents did, you know, when we travel to go see our kids, when they have kids, you know, Lord willing, we can go out and say, well, it's good to see you. We're going to go out here and explore by ourselves because yeah. that's what we want to do. We want to spend that time together. I mean, that's something I look forward to. And I think, um, you know, to model that is, is a good, um, good thing that obviously has left an impression on Susanna and me. So, yeah, no, I love it. How do you guys, uh, fight for your marriage? Like I, I'd like this phrase, I, uh, scripture I think is much more intense than, uh, most Sunday school lessons that, you know, in Bible stories, which is fine. Like both are, I think it would be inappropriate when the parting of the Red Sea and then Moses is staying and, you know, and on the side of a wall in the children's building, there's all like the dead bodies floating on the water. Like, <laughs> I think it's okay that children's <laughs> ministry, I, I, I don't think we even have this, but just, I think it'd be inappropriate to put all the dead bodies, you know, you yeah. just, but in the story, like 
Yeah. They're there. Like, you know, so anyway, um, so I love how scripture uses fighting imagery and just, Mm -hmm. so how do you guys fight for your marriage? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it, it is a fight. Mm -hmm. Like some Mm -hmm. other times and and other people will take it away from you. I mean, they're, you know, they want, 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 want. Mm -hmm. Um, Even I tell our youth leaders often, you know, like when you're reaching out to a student, um, what do you want? Like, are you like just trying to get them to your small group and like, so you feel better and your numbers are up or like, like were you generally just reaching out to, to them for their benefit, knowing that you have zero agenda other than what God would desire for them and pray that God would use you in their life. Like that, like that's that because culture and every, everybody else wants something from us. Yeah. And so I, I don't want us as the church to do that. And I think sometimes it can come across that way, but it's like, no, 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 like I'm just reaching out because like, I want, I want what God wants for you. And I just want to help in that. I don't have an agenda to make myself be puffed up or whatever. And so, so how do you guys fight for your marriage? That's a great question. Um, I am a classic extrovert. So I think actually for me, it can be uh, the biggest piece for me is I want to do all the things with all the people all the time. And (laughs) so I can totally relate to this. I'm like, (laughs) yes, 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 yes. So my first word I ever said was yes, which was, you know, that's all. I mean, like legitimately legitimately your first word when you're little is my first word I ever said was yes. And so it feels like I want to do all the things all the time. And, and, um, Again, Marshall's incredibly low maintenance and really easygoing and wonderfully supportive. But I also have to do the internal clock of like I, Marshall's my number one priority, and um, so I have to say no. Some you know I'm I'm learning in the process of saying no. Yeah. To, and it's not even like no because Marshall not, not I have this event, but no, it's because I want to spend time with Marshall. And so yeah, I, that's that's something I'm constantly working on is is I really want to say yes to everything all the time. And, and that sometimes means no to Marshall. And I always want it to be yes to Marshall. Yeah. I, I can relate to that so much. I want to <laughs> yeah. say that I'm just like, you just described me to a T yes. <laughs> now. I, so I'd got to ask, like when you say Marshall's low maintenance, like yes. he's, he, you guys are sleeping in the same bed, right? Like he's, he's at your house. Like you're at the same house and I'm just, I'm kidding, but I'm just, I'm like, I gotta know, like, what does this mean? Just give us a example, not maybe all the things, but just give us a example. I just got to know here. That's a great example. Like if I just am like saying yes to everything and I'm out doing stuff and then I'm like, Oh, I, I forgot that Marshall, like, I, I forgot about dinner, and so I'm like, there's eggs in the fridge. Yeah. So that's that's probably okay. a bad example of. of but he's like, yeah, that's great, that's cool, fine. no yeah. worries. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's very easygoing. Um, well, yeah, and I would say that Susanna actually has encouraged me to being an only child. I mean, you know, I wasn't, you know, the anti only child. I mean, I have a lot of only child in me. I like things done. I like the dishes put away in the dishwasher a yeah. certain way. Yeah. And when they're not, <laughs> I mean, I, I it gets a little bit under my skin and we've talked about it before, but like, you know, but Susanna has actually really helped me in this way. And I think this is the power of, uh, of the marriage relationship where you get to know someone really so intimately, the the good and the bad and all in between is, you know, she's helped me to kind of take on a perspective of don't sweat the small things. Like there's so much in life you could be really upset about and really particular about and so it's, I, I'm a work in progress. So I appreciate that she says I'm low maintenance and, and I don't always see it that way myself, but, but there are things I have learned to, to not make a big deal. Yeah. Is this a big deal? And, and that's one, that's a phrase that we hear in our house a lot, big deal or little deal. Like, yeah. why are we making this 
bigger than it needs to yeah. be. Yeah. And, uh, and so if, if we say that to our kids, you know, how important is it for us to also model that to our kids and think, and, you know, I do make things bigger than they need to be at times, but, but I, I really try to, <laughs> to focus on, on not doing that. Um, but, uh, no, you do a really good job at, at you, you don't sweat the small stuff at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know we, our first year of marriage, we took the bar exam together. So we both had, we just, we graduated law school and had to take the bar exam together. So I feel like if you, you know, make it through that to get, you know, if in terms of like pedal to the metal, yeah. really stressed about something, we're like, okay, if it's the dishes, if it's that, you know, that's fine. Yeah. You must be far along than I am because oh, I, I am so detail oriented and it's like, it, I often think it's a curse <laughs> more than a blessing because I sweat everything way too much. And so, well, I mean, this isn't necessarily the best and I'm not, I think it's something that you say, how do you fight for your marriage? Well, this is, yeah. you know, I think Suzanne and I are both are generally conflict averse. And, um, and so that typically results in, uh, at least for me, some stuffing. You know, stuff it deep down inside where no one, no one can find it. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, and that's not healthy either. So, yeah. um, um, so there's, there's a, a balance there of, you know, I think it's, it's really, I think a lot of it is you kind of know each other after 10 years, you kind of can see when someone's a little off. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and it shows, I mean, there's times when, you know, I, I'm given the silent treatment. I, I am giving it. Not, I'm not getting it as much as I'm giving it yeah. just because I need to just process this. And it's kind of like, I'm a guy. I can just deal with it. You just know, stuff then, that mug down. And then, yeah. <laughs> we'll deal with, yeah, we'll just, it's a new morning tomorrow. We'll start over. But, um, but there are times and that's where I think it's important that the communication lines are there. Number one, to observe and to say, Hey, mm. is our things okay right now? And, and, you know, not to be, also naggy and say, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? But, but just acknowledge, recognizing that maybe something's off, but then also, um, being willing to not in, in the heat of the moment. Mm. And that's where I think, you know, problems can arise and often do is, you know, you're in the heat of the moment and I'll, um, the issue's never, not really the issue, right? Oh, yes, um, absolutely. And so you, you take it, take whatever it is out of proportion, um, but I think just having time to, to just check in with one another and say, hey, you know, how are we doing? Like, and I think that's, again, the importance of carving out time, not only to put it on the schedule, but then to do it. Yeah. Um, and that helps, I think, to, uh, you know, to address issues that maybe weren't addressed, you know, during the prior week. And now you have an opportunity to kind of reflect in a somber matter, or a sober matter, matter yeah. manner. Matter, matter, matter no. mind over matter. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, how um, do you guys ever get away as a couple? Like, is that like a regular rhythm? And if so, what do you guys do? We have two things that we've done that have been really awesome is we have really good friends in our small group and we swap for like an overnight or two nights every couple of months, like every four to six months, we'll take their kids for a night or two okay. and then yeah. they take our kids for a night or two and it's yeah. been money. So if you can find couple that you love and trust and get away for even 24 hours without kids. It's awesome. And then any grandparents out there, this is my best tip is my parents, each set of each family, they give you a week each year and they rotate. And so this is our year and we're going to Argentina and Uruguay in September. 
Man. And so they they just give they get they'll come here and spend the week with the kids yeah. and take them to school and then we get away and then they'll do that with my sister next year they just rotate through okay yeah so we can kind of plan around um, around that but yeah if you can find somebody to switch with or if you want to suggest anything to your grandparents to parents suggest a a week a year it's really it's really been a blessing to us we we've, we've gotten to travel quite a bit because of that so. No, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very cool. Have you ever guys had your kids try to like cu- cause division, you know, or like, oh, dad said this and mom, you know, that kind of thing where they've tried to blatantly trick you guys. And, you know, and if, if that has happened, how'd you guys handle that? Or what, what, what did you guys do other than maybe, you know, giving your little one a whooping and sitting in his bedroom <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, I would say that for the most part, our, our kids, they, they do get along with each other fairly well. I mean, there's always the squabbles among siblings. Um, we are getting of an age now where uh, they can use their intelligence, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. They're getting kind of shrewd uh, in the wrong way. And so we, we've had that on occasion um, where there's been some trickery, yeah, like particularly around treats and snacks. Like, oh, no, I didn't have a – I didn't. mommy didn't give me a cookie and – and um, Things, little things like that, but yeah. of course that's where it starts. And oh, so yeah. you got to, you do have to nip it in the bud pretty quick. And so, yeah, we, we take that pretty serious. I mean, that's not only a, you know, a divisive lack of respect sort of issue, but it also yeah. a, a, a disobedience sort of lying issue, not disobedience, lying. And so, you know, we try to, again, uh, back to the not sweating the small things. Well, those are big things. We, we view that as, as, you know, the deceitfulness of our hearts. Yeah. Um, and so, but also as an opportunity to, to, to explain why this is deceitful, why this is sinful yeah. and why we shouldn't do that. So using it as an opportunity, not just to inflict the punishment piece, uh, as a reminder not to do it again, but, but a big thing is kind of the explanation of why that's the problem. No, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, one thing I've observed often, and I think it's very subtle, um, like most things, I, I think, but um, where I've heard married couples bash their spouse to somebody mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. like I just had somebody in my life, you know, and it was a subtle, it wasn't a big deal. Like, and I didn't bring it up, but I was like, man, that mug just bashed his wife to me. Now, mm-hmm. I, you know, slandering her name, that's what I'm, you know, or dragging her through the mud, whatever language you want to use. But, and, you know, and I think oftentimes that's not an, I hate my wife kind of thing or my husband, but it, mm-hmm. it it's easy for, I yeah. think for, you know, maybe ladies to get together and talk about how terrible your husband's feet are or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and for guys do the same thing. And like, you know, I easily for guys sit around campfire drinking beer. And the next thing you know, it's like, it's a bash your wife party. And I'm like, oh, there's no way this is honoring to the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's just no way, you know, that this is so, um, how, how do you guys, you know, have you guys ever done that and then it come back to bite you? You know, how, how do you guys keep that from happening? All of those crazy things. Um, wh- what in your guys' lives, like, how has that worked out for you guys? That's a great question. I really, yeah. Um, I, I think th- that that's something we've talked about a lot of just like of, of speaking kindly about each other and to each other. It's interesting how much like just the having the baseline of like, greeting each other kindly, speaking kindly to each other, like having, that's like such a soft place to, softer place to land. Yeah. And so I, I know that's something we value a lot is not, and I know, you know, Marshall's really good about 
I don't, you know, Marshall's really good. Marshall's a very good thinker with his words. He, before he says anything, I can tell he's always thinking. So he's so good with his words. So he leads by example for, for me. I try to be, I try to also think more often before I speak. Uh, but Marshall certainly does, and he's led that by example. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a concern of mine. I, I want to try to speak very kind about Marshall to other people. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, each of us have kind of recognized uh, how our marriage can be and often is it's played this mm-hmm. played this out in life is one of our best testimonies to uh, to other people. Um, yeah. And one of the one of the big distinguishing things that we've noticed in some some families that we've um, you know that we know and that we try to you know um, you know exemplify is is treating each other with not just treating each other with kindness and love and respect, but also with how we speak to one another. And of yeah. course, you know, there are things, again, I'll go back to the, to the easy one, of <laughs> the dishes, right? There are things like that, that, you know, you can be playful and that's fine. But, um, but I think, you know, we, we've been blessed being at this church with a good small group where, you know, um, we can kind of encourage one another as men and as women to, um, speak kindly about our spouses. I mean, these are the people that God has brought us together with. And, um, and it's not only just a, when you, when you're doing that, it's not only a, a knock on your spouse, you're actually kind of criticizing God for bringing that person into your life, I think. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say we've really, that's a focus of ours is, is not to ever, to, to say things that would demean the other, particularly in front of someone else. I mean, if we have some problem, we can talk about it mm-hmm. ourselves, but, um, but I think that that can really damage a testimony of a marriage um, yeah. and really point people kind of leave a sour taste in people's mouths when they hear it. So, but you're right, the temptation's there and selfishly, you know, if something's going wrong, you kind of naturally want to be like, is that my fault? Is that that person's fault? You know? And, yeah. uh, and so it, it really, you do have to be very careful with your words because the words do matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe maybe the most in, in uh, how we talk about one another and talk to one another. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And it makes me think too, like I recently came across this this resource and I don't know much about it. So if you're listening, you're I, 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 <laughs> so just take this with a grain of salt, like most things, uh, eat the fish and spit out the bones kind of thing. So, um, so it's a website actually called fierce marriage.com. I actually just learned about it today and, uh, they have a Facebook page and it's actually pretty cool. Um, I guess for those who are still on Facebook, um, I only am on when the red dot shows up so I can get rid of the red dot and then I'm off. <laughs> so just to clarify, uh, TikTok's where it's at. Um, for those who, who want to waste time. <laughs> Are you guys on TikTok? Oh, no. I, I stopped at Instagram. I feel like I couldn't get any farther. Like, okay. There's more stuff and then I'm like, I don't, I feel and, like. A- and I'm just on Flickr. So Marshall's <laughs> social media presence is Flickr, which is a photo storage site. It's not even it's social. Not I was, was going to ask if that's a real thing. I thought you were making it up like, no, like this so- fake thing uh the funny backstory is that is everyone you know marshall just has no social media presence at all and so um so somebody was asking him what social media he was on and he was kind of confused and he said well i do have a Flickr account and everyone was like like the photo store site where you just store your photos like google docs look me up on google docs yeah well look him up on linkedin and Flickr. right right right. (laughs) well when you say that i'm like 
So you have an Apple ID. That's cool, man. Like you got, you know, you got, you got, you you can log into an Apple. Anyway, which I actually think is a great thing. I, I, if you can do it and to not waste, you know, two hours of your week day, you know, like that is, Mm -hmm. that is a lot of time Mm -hmm. where you can live for the Lord instead of being selfish. And so, um, but, but I've been actually very encouraged. I'm actually excited to be able to look at more of, it's just a gospel-centered marriage Facebook page and website, and they've got great, great phrases and things that I've been looking at. And um, you know, and um, one particular thing that I saw, I'm actually gonna, I'm going to scroll down because I thought it was so good. Oh, good. Um, and just just trying to share things that hopefully were beneficial for those who um, value their marriage. But uh, this one was actually very helpful. It said, just a reminder: keep your priorities clear and simple this week. And it said. Number one priority is Jesus. Your second priority is your spouse. Your third priority is your kids and your family. And the fourth priority is everybody else. And that, I mean, that's simple to say it's Mm -hmm. easy. And then two hours from now, you know, it's hard to live out. And so anyway, so hopefully that'll be a resource that will bless, bless other people and those listening stuff. But, um, so just, uh, I've got a couple more questions, but would there be anything that you guys wish you would have done differently? And Mm. this, I have a love hate relationship with this question because, because more often like, Culture right now, and somewhat of a side note, culture right now says like you're a victim, mm-hmm. like you've been people have hurt you, and and you know, and and uh, you know, your feelings are hurt, and all those things. Not to diminish any of those things, like you know, like that stuff happens, but Scripture does not define us as victims; it defines us as overcomers. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes hate the question because it forces us to look back, and I think there's there's good things in that, but I don't think the Lord wants us to look back and wallow in our, I was a lame, whatever, you know, learn from it, repent, ask for forgiveness and pursue Christ. Like that's the biblical model, no matter what we wish we would have done and did, you know, and all those things, but just to help those who are, who aren't quite at your stage of life yet, been married 10 years, right? You know, Mm -hmm. three kids, eight years old. And what are the other two ages? Um, Eight, almost six and four. Okay. Yep. So, so, but just to help those who are mm-hmm. kind of coming after you guys and, and creeping up on your phase of life, like what, like what things would you encourage, mm-hmm. um, you know, specifically families, you have maybe littles or they're married right now and no kids or even the same thing. Like what, what, what things would you like, like, here's what you've got to do mm-hmm. to honor the Lord and to have a, 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 a marriage centered family, um, in, in your life and in, in your family, in, in your home. So what, like, what would be a couple of those nuggets that you're like, man, this is, this is what you've got to do in order to honor the Lord as best that you possibly can with your circumstances, the family, the Lord's given you, the spouse, the Lord's given you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So I think, um, some things that, that we can certainly do better in our household that I see other families maybe doing it. And I say, yeah. wow, and I see kind of their marriages or, or their situations. And I'm like, that's, they're, they're doing it the right way. Um, and, you, and it's a little cliche or we've, you know, the, the family that pray or the couple or the family that prays together stays together. Yeah. And I, I really believe that. And I would say that that's something that we can do, certainly do a much better job of is um, coming before the Lord together not, I mean, as, as a married couple and as also as a family and modeling that for yeah. our kids. I mean, I know people who, with their, for instance, with their kids, doing a lot of um, prayer times, bedtime routines that are just kind of, you're ingraining this, you're getting this kind of almost a habit-forming activity yeah. that's, um, you know, you're stressing the importance of it. And I think as a married couple, um, 
there's just, you know, as the older I get, the more I realize, like, there's so much that I have no control over. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. And I used to think I could just hold it all and make everything a nice little bubble and, you know, do what I, you know, create this perfect environment. And I'm realizing that that is an impossibility. But the good news is... We know someone who's in control of all of this and we have direct access to him. And I think, you know, it's easy to say, and of course we're in a podcast at the church and it feels like the right thing to say, but it is the right. It's, it's the absolute truth is spending time in prayer, giving things up to the Lord that we say we can't, we just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And we trust you, Lord, and we need your strength. We need your wisdom for these scenarios that including our own relationship. We could yeah. be encountering a, a difficult circumstance that um, that we say, I, I don't know what the next turn is. Mm-hmm. And um, and we can go to the Lord together. And that's mm. that's really, I think, a powerful yeah. um, opportunity there for a husband and a wife to do that. And not only just for themselves, but to model it for their children too. Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's really good. good. Um, I've always felt really... Um, I think one thing that I would say looking back, cause I'm thinking about like young, young years when you have little babies and stuff is recognizing that there's seasons too. Mm. I just feel like Marshall and I met in school and we just studied together a lot and we're spent, you know, and so I've always felt really connected to Marshall. And sometimes when we had little babies and it wasn't like we were able to connect, like we normally are able to, I'd be like, the house is on fire. Yeah. And, um, and knowing, giving yourself grace for like, there is going to be seasons where you're just so sleep deprived and you have, your children have a lot more high needs than they do. It's, you know, as they've gotten older, we've, we've really value independence in them. And so we've taught that that frees us up a little, but yeah. But just to know that there is going to be seasons where you might not feel as connected and trying to find slivers of even just like making eye contact across a room of insane children and being like, we're in this together, you know, you know, peace to you. We've got each other. Um, And just like those little connections matter because there are going to be seasons where it feels like, you know, it's insane. Yes. I, yeah, you're about to, I mean, with having another baby coming soon, you're about, yes, you know, yeah, those we're, seasons. Wow. We're, we're 14 days out. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and then our yeah. third will be here and, uh, yes, everybody keeps saying you're going to name him goose because Maverick and goose for oh, the top yeah. gun people. And, and I'm like, no, uh, we're oh. not doing that. Um, not that I'm against that name, but goose are things I would rather shoot out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Name my kid. I don't know. know. So it, um, maybe the 10th kid will name goose. I don't know if, (laughs) you know, you just never know. You just, uh, you just never know. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys' time and willingness to chat about your guys' marriage and, um, and the joys and, uh, the horrendous things as well of raising <laughs> kids and in the midst of all the things. So I appreciate you guys this very much. This was fun. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we will see you all next time.